Hi, uh, I'm Sadek. And I'm Christian. And this is episode 27 of Shades of Brown. And this week, we're going to start off with a bug. Uh, what first? Hold up. Hold up. First, we have some follow-up. So we are talking about the uh, new Google Pixel leaks and all that stuff. Uh, we just kind of assumed it was made by HTC because it had the grippable frame, but I guess a poor reading comprehension on our part. The Pixel is going to be made by LG and not HTC. Yeah, uh, it's, it's LG, not HTC. Uh, we messed that up because I assumed it was the squeezable frame thing that HTC was doing in another phone, but it's, it turns out it was not. It's LG. So yeah, that's that's our correction. Uh, hopefully uh, no more mistakes will be made uh, this week. Yeah, we hold ourselves up to a journalistic standard here. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, I, I, the mistakes are should be acknowledged. Uh, but our first topic on the list is uh, is a bug. In 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 the OnePlus Five, uh, with calling nine one one, the bug is that uh, some some users have reported that after dialing nine one one, the phone just reboots, which is uh, not ideal. If you if you're calling nine one one, you probably are not in a situation where you can be waiting for your phone to reboot, right? It's 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 not it's not like a it's critical that your phone work when you want to when you call nine one one. So so, what is like? What do you want to say about this question? Like this is like um, poor testing, poor quality assurance. Because I, I I feel like there should be a, a, a like a suite of tests that not even like the Google provided suite for getting like a um, Google Play services compatibility because that's its own thing, right? But like just a general like QA thing where maybe you know. On your build of Android, you should try calling an emergency service to see what happens. I uh, so uh, I have been reading uh, comments on uh, Reddit, and people have said that the carry the carriers do test this. Um, that's part of the carrier testing. Like carriers do test nine one one availability, nine one one usage uh, from phones that they sell because uh, I, I would assume if they, if they sell them, they're probably somehow liable for it. Uh, and and the uh, big OEMs also uh, do test, but in this case, uh, one plus five maybe did they skip testing? We don't know. Uh, did they test, but their test didn't catch catch the bug for x x reason. Uh, whatever whatever bug it is was not like was not found with the whatever test suit. Uh, they do they do use, but so the industry does check. Uh, it's not like it's it's. I think it's legally mandated uh, in most countries. Uh, to have phones be tested for emergency services uh, usage, uh, I think that's that. I don't think it's the fact that it's not tested, but is, does the test actually catch catch the bug? Some people have suggested that this is this is a bug in AOSP. Some other phones have encountered uh, this this particular bug, say like the S8, uh, but there hasn't been any substantial sort of. Uh, uh, basis to that like there hasn't been any reporting it's the only the one plus five right now uh, but one plus five uh one plus rather has uh, issued an update uh if, if you have a one plus five for some reason uh please go update it uh you want 911 to work because it's like wow please go update your phone <laughs> i don't feel like i don't think we should we, we need to like explain why you want 911 to work so yeah just go update your phone <laughs> yeah it's uh they released a fix uh uh just just go update it just don't wait. Just it's just update your phone. And the thing about nine one one is you can uh, I'm told you can you can call uh, you can call nine one one and say that it's not an emergency. You're just testing uh, testing the testing your phone, right? 
that's one way to test it. Uh, there's a whole procedure, I think, if you, if you Google around for your specific uh, region, uh, there's testing uh, procedures uh, for 911. So, yeah, make sure 911 works from your phone. Um, that's all I'm going to say. Yeah, that's, that's the one plus thing. And next, next on the uh, topic list is Microsoft can't name things. Like I just, it's, and you know, if you, if you listen to any of my other shows, you realize that I've, we've gone on about this, but you know, we're going to go on here because really Microsoft just can't name things. So for the um, fall update, the fall creators update for windows 10, we've spoke about it previously in parts of the world where uh, English isn't the same as American English. It's going to be Renee. It's going to be called the autumn update. Which is really confusing because I, I understand why they're doing it because fall is technically autumn in Canada in the UK right. So uh, this is this is weird because it's not even fall or autumn in other parts of the world, namely the southern hemisphere. Uh, it is like it's how does like why would you name it after a season? Don't uh, Microsoft just 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 you could call it literally anything else. Just call it the create like. Just call it creators update, whatever. Like give it a suffix. Just give it up. Give it a suffix or another prefix. Ooh, ooh, or like if it's like a movie, right? The return of the creators update. If Microsoft, like honestly, if Microsoft <laughs> did that, I would, I would actually be, I would be actually, that would actually be funny. But yeah, so they, they're gonna be in the UK. They're gonna be calling it uh, uh autumn, autumn creators update. Uh, in other English-speaking countries, such as uh, India as well, uh, it'll be called U.S. and Canada. It'll remain uh, Fall Creators Update. We do call it Fall here, which is which is fine. So this is this is just like Microsoft, or you could just call it Version seventeen oh nine, right? Because that's the actual version number. I mean, yes, but that's not that's not very you know marketing friendly. Like that doesn't sound like good in like like a video or like. A, like a presentation, keynote presentation, or whatever. Uh, it's it's it, uh, the numbers and version seventeen oh nine just sound just sounds very incredibly technical and doesn't sound marketing friendly. Yeah, but like really, you could you could have picked a better name. Like, come on, like, whoever came up with fall creators update, come on, you could have done better. Speaking than that. about things uh, that are. Uh... Also bad and not good and come from dumb marketing departments. Um, Amazon launched a new product this week. It is called the Amazon Spark service, which is um, only in their iOS app right now, where you can post and share pictures of yourself using Amazon products. If you tap on a user's photo, the product page will come up on Amazon. Users can also comment or smile on a photo, which is disgusting. Um, is this gross? I don't... It's like Instagram, but for products you buy on Amazon? And even better, you need Amazon Prime for this. So, like, I, you're paying 50 bucks a year for a bad Instagram clone or $100 a year for a bad Instagram clone? Like, I do not understand this. Um, this this sounds like something that, like, a marketing exec would think of. Like, this is very marketing. Like, this is hashtag branding, hashtag engagement, hashtag... What a hashtag spark apparently spark Jesus that's such a marketing name uh, yeah so Amazon it's gonna spark a purchase oh, man God it's so bad don't use it let it die like nobody why would you use this thing like why would you I mean more importantly why do you have the Amazon app on your phone to begin with the web UI is actually really great Amazon's one of those places where it's like um if you're if you have an iPhone like honestly 
I, you should probably be using just the Amazon Web UI and then have like deliveries um, track all of your um, actual uh, product deliveries because it's just the Amazon apps. It's like the Facebook app. It's one of those apps that's super big, super bloated and has way more crap in it than it's actually necessary. Just just uninstall it. Just use the web app. It's actually it's actually decent. Um, don't use it. Don't don't hashtag engage or whatever the fuck. <laughs> hashtag engage. But uh, it's I mean, I, I feel like there's a great I, I could troll this so hard. God, I want to I'm going to resign up for Amazon Prime to start trolling this. <laughs> oh my god oh my are they gonna start like banning people who like start trolling if they're gonna have moderators uh or whatever no because you like you do like purposely dumb reviews right i can like buy i can like post something for a photo of a product and like talk about like how it's not working for me but i'm using like it for the entirely wrong uh usage right <laughs> like some cooking appliance like try and use it as like some cleaning utility right just mess with people oh that is that is that is that is good. Like I, I want to see if somebody actually does that. Like if you do that, uh, you gotta post screenshots. You got you gotta do it. It's just it's gonna be hilarious. If you do, um, remember hit us up. We're uh, we're on Mastodon, and uh, also, you know, just that contact link. It's on twoshadesofbrown.com. You know, just if you if you are trolling Amazon, please let us join in on yeah, the yeah. Definitely, that's that's something we want to know about. So that's gonna be fucking hilarious. This marketing shit needs to be trolled to hell and back. Uh, moving on to something more uh, serious, um, Apple versus Qualcomm. Uh, as we all know, uh, Apple is has legal is currently in a legal battle with uh, with Qualcomm uh, in a countersuit, claiming that Qualcomm charges excessive fees for patent licensing and violating antitrust laws. The latest development here is that the contract manufacturers that Apple uses so. We have uh, four Taiwanese companies, uh, Foxconn Technology, Compel Electronics, Pegatron Corporation, and Wistron uh, Corporation uh, joining in into, with a lawsuit against Qualcomm in the Federal District Court in San Diego. Uh, and Apple is, is funding this uh, lawsuit. So, Christian, what do you have to say about this whole entire mess? The basis of this lawsuit is essentially over uh, FRANS, which stands for Fair, Reasonable, Non-Discriminatory Terms, over patents and such. So essentially, how Apple sells phones is not that... So Foxconn makes iPhones. Apple buys them from Foxconn rather than just owning them throughout the entire stack. And Foxconn currently is paying um, royalties to Qualcomm. And Qualcomm wants Apple to pay royalties. Well, I believe Apple is just paying royalties just to license some patents for the uh, modem technology. Because essentially, Qualcomm, in the U.S., at the very least, in the U.S., the 4G standard is essentially mostly owned by Qualcomm in terms of patent license uh, and all that sort of stuff. So any you can use an Intel modem, right, if you want to. Some iPhones use Intel modems, but they're not as good as the Qualcomm ones. And... So Qualcomm is saying that Apple hasn't paid their fees. So uh, Qualcomm suing Apple for not paying licensing fees. And Apple is saying that Qualcomm is breaking Frand. And how Qualcomm has their licensing, um, their, their fee set up, it's a percentage of how much the device costs in total. So Apple would be paying more in licensing fees to Qualcomm for a 128 uh, gig iPhone versus a 16 gig iPhone. Just because the uh, the the price being sold to consumers is more, but it's the same cost for the to put the modem into the device. So that's where Apple's that's Apple's whole argument. And then Qualcomm's like, no, we can do this because 
where Qualcomm and you know where else are you going to go to get a modem? Intel Intel modems aren't that great, so it's uh it's really interesting because both companies well Qualcomm has gone to the ITC um in these you might remember some of these terms because it's essentially this a similar fight to the Samsung v Apple case like uh Qualcomm or Apple and Samsung were both arguing that Frand is being broken um. Samsung and Apple both went to the ITC uh, to block imports because you can uh, you can do this in court, right? You can have a long court case talking, uh, trying to uh, make them pay fees again or um, penalize them for not paying fees. But if you really want to get a company to start paying fees, you block imports because then they can no longer sell devices since these devices are not made in America, right? Right. They have to be imported, yeah. Uh, so if, if you can't import it, into a country you essentially cannot sell them so that's a, that's a big point of leverage obviously and yeah this is this is this is a fucking mess this this is i mean this is why this is why when uh when the iphone 7 uh, ha- uh we found out that the iphone 7 had uh, some models using an intel uh modem this is probably why like this is this has been probably percolating uh, you Apple. Apple is hedging against Qualcomm here. Like Apple is trying to move away from their dependency on uh, Qualcomm. I wouldn't be surprised if uh, Apple is working on their own modern technology, but uh, I don't suppose they have the patents for that. So it's just, just patents, man. It's just it's. This is also uh, like a reason why everyone is rushing for five G right now, because four G as it stands, the GSM based interpretation LTE rate. That is like Qualcomm developed that themselves. They own the whole stack. They license it out to everyone. Technically, it should be a fair fee because it's under Frand, but it's not really. And so, if uh, whoever can come out with five G that's widely adopted first doesn't have to deal with Qualcomm's bullshit. Yep. So yeah, well, this is gonna be interesting to watch because it'll dictate a lot of a lot of sort of the stuff behind the scene behind uh, modern smartphone tech um i mean this is not the stuff that uh normal consumers care about but this is the stuff that's going to affect them because uh the modem inside the phone obviously affects a lot of things like the quality of signal you could get uh performance etc etc uh and and even the cost of the phone because if if it costs more for apple uh they they have to they have to lower their margins they're going to probably try to uh, regain that margin but try maybe increasing the price uh, or other other manufacturer, other OEMs can uh, increase their price because they have to pay more for the Qualcomm. So Qualcomm uh, being out of the picture uh, might be good. We'll see. Uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, with that, that's that's the legal topic. Next time we're gonna move on to a more fun, uh, fun topic. Uh, Nintendo two DS two DS XL. Uh, Christian, you, you, this is your topic, really. Oh yeah. So I wanna I wanna start this by saying that um, static safe, or static is a at static safe at mastodon cloud. Please convince him to buy a two DS. Uh, tell him about all the fun games. Tell him about all the the fun times you've had with friends. You know, I don't care if they're like horny weird Japanese games. Like those are, you know, everyone we're all welcome here. It's everyone's allowed on Shades of Brown. The 2DS XL is, uh, you take a, it's like a new 3DS, um, probably make it a little lighter. The design's a little more, uh, wacky, I guess. I like the design. And it is essentially a new 3DS XL, but without any of the 3D stuff. It's, <sighs> Nintendo has really bad naming schemes. Like, it's, this is confusing. But it's the latest 3DS, and 
it looks like to be the best one because honestly most people probably don't use the 3d on their ds i use it sometimes but it just it doesn't work good enough even on the new 3ds where it's supposed to be tracking your eyes for um to keep the stereoscopic 3d uh working if you like tilt your head right so things don't look weird it's still not great and most games don't really take advantage of it and the thing for me when i turn 3d off i get 60 frames per second in a bunch of games and when i turn it on because it's essentially pushing two images at once out of the display I only get 30 frames per second, and I care more about performance than a 3D effect, which might not actually mean anything for gameplay. So I want to say that the 2DS is probably the best compromise out of all that. You're probably going to get, well, judging from the reviews in the YouTube videos I've seen, it doesn't come out until next week in the US, so I haven't gotten my my hand, a chance to actually put my hands on it. But it looks like it's going to have the best battery life, the lightest build, and probably the best performance out of the whole 3DS line. I think it's a good. I think it's a good device. I mean, uh, I'm looking at this thing. It, it certainly looks. It looks certainly looks. I like that orange uh, and white uh, thing that they have. That's Japan only. That's uh. Oh wow! Come on. Yeah, that's um. The U.S. and Canada gets a black and blue and like neon baby blue sort of uh one. This is the Japan only colors. Uh, so I'm sorry. So I'm. I mean, okay, fine. But I'm reading through the reviews and I review the Verge review here, which we're going to be linking uh, in the show notes. Uh, and it's it's still it's still a bad screen. Apparently, a TN panel. Uh, okay, so I let me. I want to talk about the screens for a minute. So it's a lottery, not with two DSs. Two DSs are consistently TN, but three DSs for whatever reason, no one knows why. Nintendo has just randomly. They're the same model numbers, but some of them will just have IPS screens for no reason. And some you can get lucky. There's like three combinations. You can get only TN, you can get IPS top, TN bottom, and both IPS for the top and bottom. My DS has um, IPS on the top screen and TN on the bottom screen. So the IPS display is obviously a uh, better, uh, better screen than the TN one. Uh, so Yeah, better color, better viewing angles. Okay, so this is, I mean, this is a 149.99 device, right? Uh, so, I mean, they're going to be cutting corners, some corners here, and the screen quality is, is obviously the first You thing. buy for the games, though. That's what you do. Like, the hardware is the hardware, right? Like, the buttons are probably going to feel as great as, like, the first 3DS had kind of mushy buttons, but the new 3DS has really clicky ones, which uh, were more like a DSi and the DS Lite, which is really something I like. And it has a new has it has a uh, better processor of the new 3DS, so it's going to run every game, run old games faster. And the 3DS has a really great library of games. Like even even though everyone's thinking about the Switch right now, if you have not picked up a 3DS, I'd recommend doing it. There's so many good games. Um, two days ago or yesterday on Mastodon, I told everyone to spam Static's uh, inbox with game recommendations for the DS, and uh, you're more than welcome to. Please do convince them to get one because I want to play games with them on the DS, but it's, I want to say that this is still probably the premier mobile gaming experience you can get. These games are still better than anything you can get on a phone. They're more engaging. They're more fun. Um, Nintendo's online connectivity still sucks, right? But what what can you do? What are, what are some examples of good, uh, good games on the uh, 2DS? There's Pokemon. I mean, there is, Mario Super Mario? Mario 3D Land is really good. Super Mario Maker is really fun because you can make actual Mario levels, and there's a mode for um, you can just browse ones online, right? Like you can. There's a whole entire like people who have leaderboards, so upvote levels and all that, right? 
and you can just download levels from uh from the internet to your DS. Uh, there's a new Zelda game, or uh, not the new Zelda, the new Metroid game, the remake. Um, a link between worlds, the Ocarina of Time remake, the Majora's Mask remake. Uh, there's a uh, the Attorney game, Ace Attorney, I believe. Someone's probably gonna send us a correction on that. There's just so many good games. There's Animal Crossing. Even I know you don't like Pokemon, but there's still that. Um, there's weird visual novel games. There's Fire Emblem. Fire Emblem's super freaking good. And I've only been talking about games made by Nintendo. Like, right? There's Kirby games. There's Yoshi's Woolly World. There's so many good games coming. There's games still coming to the 3DS. Yeah. The strength of Nintendo consoles have always been the first-party games. Yeah, but but the DS is not like the Wii U or the Switch, right? These ones have really good third-party games, too. Uh, Story of Seasons, which is like Harvest Moon, or um, what's the PC game called? Stardew Valley is essentially old Harvest Moon, right? Just modernized. And there's like been a um, the people who used to make Harvest Moon. They got back together a couple years ago and they started and they made a new series under the name Story of Seasons, which is like what Stardew Valley was is doing, but like this, but on a DS, right? Right. I mean, this this is an affordable way to get into the Nintendo uh, ecosystem. So you have uh, Super Mario 3D Land, uh, Legend of Zelda, uh, A Link Between Worlds. It's a good game. Good. Mm. Uh, both of those are good games. They're all good games. Metroid, Samus Returns. I've never played uh, any Zelda game, any Metroid, or really any Mario game, uh, which, is, which is something to be said. Well, so A Link Between Worlds and Ocarina of Time are two different things. A Link Between Worlds is a top-down Zelda game, um, and Ocarina of Time is like the full 3D one. So it's sort of like, I want to say Ocarina of Time is Breath of the Wild Light. You mean it's an open world, or is it... What, what do you mean? So... It's open world, but not in terms of you can do whatever you want, right? Like, there's an open map, and you can... Once you start the game, you can avoid... You don't have to follow the path. You can go to another dungeon, but you won't have the items to get into it, right? You'll just be, like, outside of the all the dungeons and that. But you can go to all the towns in the game. Nothing's gated. A Link Between Worlds is more of a, a top-down game where you have to go to this dungeon, then you go to that one. is more linear. Uh, Metroid Samus Returns... Metroid's always been, like, a little open world because you it's easier if you go and find all the items that are hidden throughout the game, like all the suit upgrades, but you don't have to do it right. Like you can speed run You can go to the last boss in a Metroid game. If you do it right within like 20 minutes, Metroid's always been really good for speed running. So like they're, they're good games, static. They're good games. I mean, uh, Pokemon sun and moon. Uh, have you played, have you played that iteration? Of I own all the Pokemon games for uh, the DS. Sun and moon is probably the most accessible. To anyone who, uh, to people new to Pokemon, so there's Pokemon X and Y. Those were those skewed too much towards the end of like easy to newcomers, but not enough depth. Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire remakes. Um, so they have some weird Game Boy isms in them, right? There's like some remnants of like game design from ten years ago. And Sun and Moon is the most modern the series has gotten. It's probably the best. And if you're gonna get a DS, I would just wait until Ultra Sun and Moon comes out later on this year, which are upgraded versions i don't know nintendo's weird they're they're better versions of sudden moon though i mean i would be interested in my maybe pokemon like uh, i say i don't really like pokemon like i find it a bit repetitive but i haven't like, the only time i've actually played pokemon was pokemon gold in an, in a game boy emulator uh and it's because i've never actually owned a actual nintendo console that speaks to it too. There's a virtual console. They have like a built-in emulator and you can just buy old games for it. I, I don't want to play old games. That's that's not what I meant when I said I played it on an emulator. But 
I'm sorry. I'm sorry. All right. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, the virtual console doesn't interest me. I'm interested in what the modern games are here. Uh, and Pokemon Sun and Moon, maybe. But there's still Fire Emblem. Fire Emblem's good. Kirby's good. Kirby's really fun. Mario Kart's good. Super Smash Brothers is good. I mean, if I if I really want a portable console, the Switch is, is more appealing to me right now because I, I really want to play uh, the new Zelda. For me, the Switch is more of a home console. The Switch is, I don't know, I... I guess the Switch is a portable console. Uh, I just feel like this... Oh, I mean, it is a portable console, right? But, like, the DS has the better library right now. And who knows if third-party support is going to come to the Switch? I mean, yes. But, like, it's first-party uh, Nintendo stuff has always been fairly strong. Uh, Breath of the Wild. Uh, but there's a stronger library readily available on the DS than there is on the Switch? Yeah, but, like, not many of the games on it interest me. Like, that's that's the thing, right? It's, like, I, like maybe Super Mario, but it's, like, one game uh that's interesting but you have like bravely default which is like the super old school jrpg you like child of light child of no i didn't like i actually never even finished really that game yeah child of light uh, was good I really, wow i don't i didn't really like it the the combat was weird uh we're but, not friends anymore <laughs> no child of light is beautiful but I, I don't like the combat systems it felt awkward uh to play uh it's a beautiful game but it's it's not my the style the 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 combat style is not for me, but on JRPGs, I've you never played any Final I, Fantasy I, games. I don't play JRPG. I have never played any JRPG. I can't recall the last time. So let's see. There's Monster Hunter, which is uh, good. I haven't played that much Monster Hunter. Um, Ever Oasis, Rune Factory Four is a game I've heard a lot, uh, a lot of good things about. Um, Shin Megami Tensei, which is not the Persona one, right? But it's like made by the same people who make Persona. And then there's Dragon Quest. Mm, I'm interested in the in the, in the uh, Think Clone. You said uh, the people who made uh, Animal Crossing, or wh- which one did you say it was? Uh, um, the story of the story of seasons. The uh, story yeah, of that's Valley, that's similar game. That's actually yeah. Those are those are really good. Mm. We'll see. Uh, I mean, it has a library, so it's not like uh, is there going to be something. I mean, there's not shooters, like, they're just because of the hardware. They're there. There's, like, there's everything else, though, on the DS besides, like, shooters and maybe a good a good library of racing games. Mario Kart's fun. Mario Kart is a very fun racing game. Yeah, the shooters have never been very proper to play on portable consoles anyway because I remember uh, playing uh, some shooters, semi, like, third-person shooters uh, on my PSP uh, back when I was in high school, like, uh, SOCOM. Uh, and yeah, it's not a good experience to be playing an FPS on a such a small screen. Uh, but yeah, so I'm like, I'm maybe, maybe I'll buy it. Maybe who knows? Uh, right. There's, there's more, there's more games in the Vita for sure. The Vita right now just has like horny JRPGs and nothing else going for it. Yeah, and the Vita is not interesting to me at all. Uh, it has even less that I am interested in, uh, which is unfortunate because I really liked the PSP. Oh, Vita's great hardware though. I, if you have ever held a Vita, the old ones. They, before they switched the IPS over the OLED screens, um, the Vita was great. Yeah, unfortunately, Sony doesn't care about it anymore. Uh, it's actually abandoned, really, uh, at this point. Rest in peace, PS Vita. Uh, with that, I think we're going to uh, end this week's uh, episode. Two weeks in a row where we end uh, getting sad about something that could have been great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, PS Vita. That's a story for another time. We can talk about how Sony fucked up. Uh, you can find us, of course, at twoshadesofbrown.com. Uh, the show notes will be there. Uh, you can find me on Mastodon at Static Safe. 
mastodon.zombocloud.com. Uh, maybe send some more game suggestions for the 2DS, uh, 3DS, whatever, uh, uh, or any other system. I have a PS4, I have an Xbox One, so uh, play video games with me. Uh, play Overwatch with me. Uh, come play a competitive Overwatch with me. It's 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 great. Uh, you can add me on Battle.net. Uh, and Christian, how are you? I am uh, at C Colocho, which is spelled C C O L O C H O at Cyberspace. Uh, cyber is spelled C Y B R E instead of the proper way. Thanks for listening. Right? Yeah. Thanks for listening. Goodbye. Bye.